0: This evening's reading is from the book of the Acts of the Apostles, chapter 11, verses 19 to 30. In the Church Bibles, page 1105, page 1105, Acts 11, verses 19 to 30. Now, those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw what the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So, for a whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians, first at Antioch. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agabus, stood up and through the Spirit predicted that a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. This is the word of the Lord.
1: Uh, Thank you, Edmund, for reading the passage very clearly. Am I on? Yeah, excellent. Um, uh, We're continuing with our series in the book of Acts. Uh, This is a third series, and we're tracing Paul's journey uh, through the book of Acts. Uh, But just before we begin, let's pray. Lord, as we come to you this evening to study your word, may you be pleased to speak to us through your word. Amen. Amen. I wonder, what is your church experience like? Maybe for some of you, it's one of great fellowship, uh, Christian warmth and love and encouragement. But maybe to some of you, it's one of disappointment and a feeling of not belonging, or feeling like an outsider, or you feel like you're being let down by the church and individuals. Well, if that's you, uh, be encouraged, because today we're going to look at a different type of church, a church spoken of in the most glowing terms possible, a church that is held up as an example, a church that we can learn from. Look at verse 26. It says, The disciples were called Christians first, at Antioch. You see, Christians behaved in such a way that they could be given the name Christ. Believers who reflected the image of, of Jesus, that they were deemed to be called Christians or Christ people. And all I want to do this evening is to try and bring out those things that stood out in this church at Antioch, and so we could learn from them. And one thing that we can, the first thing that we we'll learn from this church is that the Christian church in Antioch told the gospel to all. You see, in chapter 11, we stand at a very important point in the history of salvation. Up to until this point, it was the gift of salvation and the knowledge of God was only known to the Jews. But with the conversion of the Ethiopian eunuch and Cornelius, both Gentiles, this was a sign, a confirmation that the gospel was open to the rest of the world. Look at verse 18 in chapter 11. It says, So then, even to the Gentiles, God has granted repentance that leads to life. You see, this did not mean that the preaching of good news to the Jew must stop. Rather, preaching of the good news to the Gentiles must begin. As Paul writes in the letter of Romans, that the gospel was intended first for the Jew and then for the Gentiles. And the significance of Antioch The significance is that here is a church for the first time in the history of salvation, Jews and Gentiles in one church receiving the gospel together. Verse 19, now those who had been scattered by the persecution that broke out when Stephen was killed traveled as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, and Antioch, spreading the word among the Jews. Verse 20 Some of them, however, men from Cyprus and Cyrene went to Antioch and began to speak to Greeks, telling them the good news about Jesus. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Now, Antioch was a huge city, it was the third biggest in the Roman world, it was an important trading base, and so it had all sorts of different peoples. And so, like London, It was a big cosmopolitan city. And of course, as we read later in this book of Acts, we see that Paul was about to use it as a launchpad for his missionary journeys. We are told that believers that were scattered during the persecution after Stephen's death traveled far north as far as Phoenicia, Cyprus, Antioch, and they preached the good news. And others went to Antioch from Cyprus preaching the good news that Jesus The Lord Jesus had died to take away their sins. He's been raised to life to be the judge of all and is offering forgiveness of sin for whoever believes. In other words, this Christian, Antioch, had realized that everyone needs to know Christ and so they welcomed everyone, Jews and Gentiles living in unity where it didn't matter what your race was or class or accent or your skin color, status or intellect, age, but because you believed in Christ, you are family. These Christians in Antioch will come and reach out to all sorts of people. Now, notice that we're not talking about only the apostles. These were ordinary men and women without any training as far as we can tell who simply spoke the good news. But you see, God was already working in the background And maybe he's already working in your life today, that he's placed a friend, a family member, a neighbor who does not know Christ. You see, all God asks of us is to simply speak the gospel. But we so often worry about what our friend would say, whether we're causing offense or are you using the most sensible method or we're looking for that perfect timing but what is clear about these Christians in Antioch is the simplicity and the effectiveness of their approach. It's clear that Antioch had so many different cultures, but yet all they did was to simply present Christ as he is. And because, because they were speaking that the gospel, the power of God that brings salvation to everyone, look at their response in verse 21. The Lord's hand was with them, and a great number of people believed and turned to the Lord. Recently, we've just started our two morning services, and we're going to get a lot more people through these doors. Wouldn't it be great if all of us, if every single one of us, committed to simply telling the gospel of Christ to every single person who walks through this door? That would be great, wouldn't it? Just to simply present Christ as he is, or maybe you're here for the first time. We would love to get to know you. At the end of the services, please don't go. Stay around. Have a cup of tea. The leaders and every single, each member of us would love to talk to you and to get to know you. So please remember, the first thing that we learn from this church is that the church of Antioch told the good news to all. The second thing that we learn is that the, church, the Christians at Antioch were full of God's grace. Look at verse 22. News of this reached the church in Jerusalem, and they sent Barnabas to Antioch. When he arrived and saw the grace of God had done, he was glad and encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. He was a good man, full of the Holy Spirit and faith, and a great number of people were brought to the Lord. Now we can learn a lot from Barnabas, his encouragement, his generosity, but we already know, back in chapter nine, like we had last Sunday, he stood by Paul, and persuaded all the other apostles to let him, to, to accept him, even if they were ready to mistrust his conversion. You see, Barnabas was a good man, looking to encourage, to build, to strengthen, rather than to pull down or criticize. In verse twenty-two, when 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 the news of what was going on in Antioch reached to Jerusalem, Barnabas was sent to Antioch to check it out, what was happening. At that point in time, Jerusalem was the headquarter of operations, and it was probably very conservative. And I'm sure when they heard this of what was going on in Antioch, they were probably very suspicious. Hearing of Jews and Gentiles in unity together, welcoming everyone into church, including the uncircumcised Gentiles, probably church services being held in a a very contemporary way than considered the norm. But yet when Barnabas arrived and saw the Jews and Gentiles together in unity of the Lord Jesus Christ, we read that he saw the evidence of the grace of Christ. Lives being changed. And so he encouraged them all to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. One of us could see that they 've got the main thing right, that there was evidence of God, Jews and Gentiles living in unity, and so he encourages them, keep on going, keep focused on what God is doing in the church and Of course, if you 're anything like me, more often than not, it 's a lot easier to find fault in anything or pick holes it 's much easier to note that the speaker of the day was not great or the music was too loud or the service was too long or maybe the coffee or tea was not up to standard. Or perhaps you're here and you feel let down by the church or the church leaders and individual. I would like to encourage you to be encouraged by what God is doing in this church. You see, running these two morning services or three services during the day is no easy task. Men and women have committed serving the Lord daily to make sure that these services happen and a few different activities uh, happen during the week. May we be encouraged and thankful for what the Lord is doing in our church. Allow yourself to be encouraged and thankful because God is doing amazing things amongst us. So remember, firstly, that Christians in Antioch told the good news to all, and secondly, the Christians at Antioch were full of God's grace. Thirdly, of what we learn from this church is that these Christians were eager and open to the word of God. Look down at verse 25. Then Barnabas went to Tarsus to look for Saul, and when he found him, he brought him to Antioch. So for the whole year, Barnabas and Saul met with, met with the church and taught great numbers of people. The disciples were called Christians first at Antioch. Barnabas brought Saul uh, to Antioch to teach the word. But remember, back in chapter 9, Saul, or Paul, had become a powerful teacher of the word himself. Look at verse 29 in chapter 9. It says, Yet Saul grew more and more powerful and baffled the Jews living in Damascus by proving that Jesus is the Messiah. Verse 29, still in chapter 9, He talked and debated with the Jews, but they tried to kill him. When the believers learned of this, they took him down to Caesarea and sent him to Tarsus. And it is from here that Barnabas goes to find Saul in Tarsus and brings him to Antioch. Remember what Barnabas told the church in verse 23? They were to remain true to the Lord with all their hearts. You see, sometimes you hear of churches that begin well, but crumble as they start to wander away from the Lord. You hear of churches where people are pushing their own agendas, churches seduced by the world, adopting standards of this world, and all these things rock the foundation of the church. But Barnabas knew that a consistent, sound, faithful teaching was essential to keep this Christian church on track. Make no mistake to think that the teaching was just an addition of what was going on. This was the foundation to keep the church firm and focused on the, in the Lord. If you want to know what will keep you as a Christian or any other Christian on track and persevere in your Christian life to the end, it's consistent, sound, faithful, biblical teaching taken by the Holy Spirit and applied to our own lives. Turn with me to Galatians chapter 2, real quickly. Chapter 2, verse 11. It will be on that screen. When Cephas, that's Peter, came to Antioch, I opposed him to his face because he stood condemned. For before certain men came from James, he used to eat with the Gentiles. But when they arrived, he began to draw back and separate himself from the Gentiles because he was afraid of those who belonged to the circumcision group. The other Jews joined him in his hypocrisy, and so their hypocrisy, even Barnabas, was led astray. Now, we don't have time to look at this passage into detail, but you remember that Peter was almost the hero who started evangelizing to the Gentiles to tell the good news to the Gentiles, And Barnabas joined him, but both withdrew their commitment to the Gentiles. It's almost impossible to imagine they withdrew their commitment to the Gentiles. Look, when they came under pressure, their experience and good reputation and vision in case of Peter's sake could not help him. It must be the sound Christ-centered biblical teaching to guard the church from the pressures and temptations of this world. And this is what Paul and Barnabas provided. You see, so often, if we've been Christians for a long time, we lower our guard. We're not enthusiastic as we were when we came first Christians about studying the Word and biblical teaching. But I would like to encourage you to keep fasting for the Word of God and biblical teaching because this is what is going to keep us on track when we face pressures and temptations on the world. And the first thing that we learn from the Christian church at Antioch, they generously helped others in need. Verse 27. During this time, some prophets came down from Jerusalem to Antioch. One of them, named Agapas, stood through the spirit and predicted a severe famine would spread over the entire Roman world. This happened during the reign of Claudius. The disciples, as as each one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. This they did, sending their gift to the elders by Barnabas and Saul. Now we read Agbas, um, uh, who predicted uh, what was going to happen through the Holy Spirit. We're not told whether he tells the church how to respond to this All we know is that he states the fact that the famine was coming on the land of Judea. And what they decided was up to them. But look at their response. It's remarkable. Look at verse 29. The disciples, each as one was able, decided to provide help for the brothers and sisters living in Judea. It's remarkable. And it's remarkable because it was a very young church. There were people who had just come to Christ and yet... Their response to this prediction was to willingly collect a contribution to a church that was more than 300 miles away from where they were. This was a sign of practical love. In fact, they choose Barnabas and Paul, their leaders, their vicar, to send this gift with them uh, to this church in Jerusalem. You see, Luke is not so much concerned about the prophecy and its fulfillment Rather, he's concerned about their generous response to the church, uh, response of the church in Antioch. And for us here, I think that's where the rubber hits the road. It's true that we need to be welcoming to others, foster an environment of growth and love, desire to be taught, but God calls us to help others in need through our giving. We have been blessed by so much, From the Lord. And perhaps this is an area that God has given us a massive opportunity to really excel as a church and individually as we seek to support our fellow Christians in our own congregation, in the church, in the world, and in this country. You see, God calls us to give cheerfully and generously because we know that whatever we're giving is for the kingdom of God and is for eternity. Ah